Shalom, this is Rav Johnny Solomon, and I would like to tell you about the services that I provide to men and women around the world. Firstly, if you have a she'ilah, a halachic query or a halachic topic you would like to learn more about as it applies to your life, and you feel that you don't have a Rav with whom you can discuss this question, I offer online halachic consultations. Secondly, if you have some theological or spiritual query, or if you're in need of some chizuk, I provide spiritual coaching. And lastly, if you'd like to learn about a particular Torah topic, I offer one-to-one learning. For each of these services, you can book an appointment for a small fee at my website, rabbijohnnysolomon.com, which seamlessly, with the magic of Calendly, then appears in my online calendar. And within a few minutes, you'll receive a message with a Zoom link. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking with you. Religious Zionism, modern orthodoxy, and everything in between. Uh, my name is Yumei Spolter. I'm here with Harabanit Mali Brevsky. Harabanit Mali, how are you? Baruch Hashem. Oh, welcome to our podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's the first time I've ever been here. <laughs> quick bi- <laughs> quick bias. We, we shorten the bios. Mali teaches, Rabbi Brevsky teaches Machshev Israel and is an in-house social worker at Michlelet Mavaser Yerushalayim. She has a private practice in, good practice in Gush Etzion, and supervises and teaches at Hebrew University for the Wurzweiler School of Social Work. That's new. Mazal tov, tova. Rabbah. Very important. Thanks. Okay. Rav Jani Salon is a teacher at Matan and Midrash at Linnebaum, an editor at Mosaic Press, and he is the virtual rabbi. Uh, Johnny, you put that with a, like an ampersand virtual rabbi. How do you want to be pronounced that? The... I don't even know how to say it. Virtual Hashtag rabbi. the virtual rabbi. Oh, yeah. I mean, you... Basically, whenever I want to get a point across to my kids at home, in order for you them just to just put the understand it, in front of hashtag, you? <laughs> hashtag. Hashtag. Like, hashtag. Oh, that's what I'm sorry. Do I he say is hashtag, the hashtag virtual rabbi, oh, providing okay, spiritual fine. and halachic guidance to men, women, and couples around the world. It's so, it's so important. Uh, my name is Yuri Spolter. As I said, I direct educational program development at Herzog College. I help people prove that they're Jewish in Israel for Igun Rabbi Sohar, and I teach Torah online at kita.org. So first of all, a couple of program notes. I don't know if you noticed in the last couple of weeks, we spent some time talking about Elul, and we did so quite intentionally. You know, we often get into controversy, and this week is a, how should we say, no exception. It's a fun to- more of a fun topic, a sort of a pseudo-religious topic. But we all felt strongly that sometimes we forget that what the Ikar and the Tafel is, and we get into our into, the, in, into our heated discussions about the issue of the day and the controversy of the moment and the Facebook post of the whatever, but we forget that, what about you know, the processes of tshuva? What about our spiritual goals? And, and sometimes we forget that you know, religious Zionism is, its core Zionism, is our core religious, sorry. See, I just did that. And modern orthodoxy is, is orthodox, first and foremost, and that we need to be based in Torah. And we wanted to sort of articulate that at the beginning of Elul. And I, I think that's worth noting and if it wasn't obvious to you, you know, it'll be a little more obvious. That's number one. Program note number two, we've been having a little bit of trouble with our Spotify feed, which our, our, um, our technical people are working furiously to fix and improve. And uh, hopefully we'll get that sorted out in the very near future. Okay, today, Molly, we're g- I'm going to need you to convince me. Yeah, I, I have a job for you, okay? Because, uh, well, you're going to try at least. As you all know, this week marked the passing of Queen Elizabeth II uh, after a, an extremely long 70-year rule reign over the Commonwealth of Great Britain, over the, over the Commonwealth of like, the English uh, Empire, the British Empire. I want to be very clear. This discussion is nothing to do with Elizabeth on a personal level. By all accounts, she was a wonderful lady. She cared very much about Britain, cared very much about England etc., etc., etc. Moreover, we're not a gossip podcast in any way, shape, or form, and that doesn't, it really is actually revolting to me, which is part of my problem, okay? And uh, we're not, I don't want to discuss 
the specifics of this or that sort of detail. What's really interesting to me now is uh, the monarchy, Queen Elizabeth, the idea of her being a queen is a remnant of, a, of an, an antiquated system of, of you know, absolute despotism, of rule, in which rulers, oh, well, let's say for better or for worse, ruled over, sometimes benevolently, sometimes not benevolently, plundered, they, they, they used their empire to expand their power, uh, and uh, her monarchy was a, a tiny shadow of that original empire, but a shadow nonetheless. And it harkens back to a time and a form of leadership that really has no place in the world today. And we even see that from the fact that she has no power whatsoever. Moreover, well, Molly's like holding her breath. Good, good. I'm going to answer my question. Do you want to qualify how this is your opinion? <laughs> you're stating it. It sounds to be your stating fact. I just want to. Oh, I think it's fact. But okay. I mean, but I think it's fact. <laughs> but that being said, I have to say, she's exploding. You can got it. You can no, no, no. I'm not exploding. I'm just, I, I, I just, I've always she, she's admiring. taking notes, everyone. She's no, no. Notes. I'm admiring how Johnny just says things. He's so British. You know, like he just like, like. You're like the queen, Johnny. Recollections may vary. Perhaps, Ruby, it is important that you know that these are opinions and not facts. That being said, all of that being said, and obviously uh, intelligent minds will disagree, I, I ask myself as a, as a religious Jew who, who believes in, in promoting the values of godliness and spirituality around the world, do I personally want the mon think, think that this monarchy is a good thing? I mean, I, I'm, again, I'm going to be clear. There's no doubt that Elizabeth did a great job. She had her service. She was a wonderful person, et cetera, et cetera. But do I think, and I'm, again, I'm not British, so I don't, I, don't, I don't have any skin in the game, and like I don't care about the money, like, all that stuff. On the one hand, as an institution, as a monarchy, that's number one. And number two, especially because, in my mind, in the mind of, how shall we say, pretty much everyone except maybe British people, it is simply fodder for gossip. It is simply something that is on the back pages of the newspaper, People Magazine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The vast majority of press coverage is almost always about negative things that this family did, gawking, what they're wearing, et cetera, et cetera. How is that a good thing for the world? How is that possible? Molly, I'll let you start, and Johnny's already, he's already ready. Johnny's, jumping take, Johnny's taking notes. Johnny's really oh writing, God, writing stuff okay. down. Oh, I, I'd like to now introduce, I'd like to introduce an RZ Weekly word. I believe I'm about to get schmeisted, but go ahead. <laughs> well, okay, but I'm going to try to learn from both Johnny and, and Queen. Queen Elizabeth how to do this without, um, you know, how to maintain my dignity and poise while I do this. I don't know if I'll succeed, but. If I want to take anything from Queen Elizabeth, that's probably what I should probably, you know. I would say I respect your, I, I very much respect your. That's my Kabbalah. Your, for your, with your willingness to hold back while I was asking the question. So I will make every effort to reciprocate. <laughs> Go ahead. Can I just tell everybody that we've been like screaming at each other over WhatsApp for the past week about this issue? I've not been screaming. Well, clarify been, we. No, no, no. John, right. Don't get me involved. Molly and I have yes, been, no, have been he arguing. he is Johnny. Oh, excuse and me. I, Ruby and I. But. Ruby claims he wasn't screaming. I will freely admit to I having heated discussions. But okay. I don't even Molly, know what... with your permission, we'll be yes. happy to amend, though, that, pod, that podcast, uh, that, uh, our, that uh, text yes. chain, the voice I, chain, back and forth, and our you. listeners can decide. That's what I think we should do. I think it'll be quite interesting. Okay. Go so ahead. I, anyway, yeah. I don't even know where to start. Um, I really don't even know where to start. Can you, like, ask me a question? Because I, why I, is it a good thing that there's a okay. king, that there's a queen? Okay. Why is, that, there, that why is it a good thing that... Why, that is, it, need, why like, is it a good that thing this, that... The world thinks that there should be... Like, why is that okay. a good thing for the world? Why, the more important to me, why is it a good thing for the world that I want to have? A world of godliness, a world of mm -hmm. connection, a world okay. of based on, on, on positive values. Okay. All right. So I... So... I have a lot to say. I could talk for an hour now. I clearly will not. So I, my difficulty is trying to figure out like where to start and how much to say and what to say. Um, so I think there's a lot to say about the British monarchy in specific. I'd like to get to that and why I think it's valuable. Um, I have a lot to say about the fact that you said it's been only bad in the past and that it doesn't do anything now and that only the British people are mourning. The entire con commonwealth is mourning. Okay, Ruby says he, doesn't, he didn't say that. 
You said I did something. not say it's oh, only it's a, bad in the past. You I did said never say that. Monarchy has only done terrible, Monarchy was often an often. avenue for okay. conquest, was usually yes. an avenue for conquest and okay. power. I didn't say. No, no, no. I saw you, right? The British did some good things too. They also plundered tons of stuff of in the British Museum oh, no from question. Israel. No question. No okay. question. Um, but that's not my point. I know, I know. It's, I know. I'm just saying there's actually was a very interesting conversation between Douglas Murray and if anybody's interested, I can link to it where they, they started with that conversation about. Um, how basic about history and about how we should view the history of um, all nations and empires, and it was it was quite interesting. Um, but it, it, that's a different conversation. I, I I'd like to start by talking about it, it because I think this is where our, our strongest bone of contention is: monarchy in general. Does it have any value or not? Right? Because I think your answer is it totally doesn't. Right? And we've mentioned, and we I, we've also said that. There's, there's a question about this in Jewish sources. And I said to you, I don't think we should have that conversation because, again, it's just I, I, I pulled out my source sheet from my shir from Sefer Shmuel about Minoy Melech. Is it positive? Is it negative? You've got opinions on both sides. It could take an hour to go through all those sources. So we're not going to do that. Is there a recording of that that we can link to? This is going to be like oh. a big link discussion. I don't know. I'd have to ask one of my students if they ever... If they ever um, um, you know, uh, recorded. Right, but again, that's a topic for debate. It's an interesting topic it's for debate. It's a very interesting topic for debate. Um, a very fascinating one. Um, so I, I'm going to give the, and I, the truth is I'd like to, maybe I'll start there just with one approach because I think it's it's beautiful and it'll lead me into what I want to say, okay? Um, which is the parish of the Or HaChaim, okay? And this is not, this is in Sefer Devarim on the question, which, which itself, as you know, is phrased in this, I just love how you said, I'm not going to talk about the Torah no, aspect, but I'll just go to the Orchai. No, I'm, I'm not going to go, go through the Abarbanel, uh, who hated monarchy, and I'm not going to go through... Gee, right? I wonder why. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> right? Um, the Nitziv, who, who believed that we were going to end up with democracy, it's so much, and the Rambam, there's so much fascinating stuff, but the, I love the Orchai because I think that what he says is closest to what I actually believe, okay? Um, and, and as we know, right, there's even, even the psukim are strange. You're going to come to the land, you're going to ask for a king, then have a king. So is it lechachila? Is it Is it only because they asked? All of that stuff. So You forgot a part of the pasuk. Kechol ha'goyim asher Absolutely. Okay. So what does Or HaChaim say? And I think he's, this is just, it's just brilliant because it's also a very, very good reading of Sefer Shmuel. He says, the people are going to ask, he says, um, that there, there are two aspects. There are two aspects of kingship. Okay. Put the note in front of you so we can so we can hear oh, you better. So you can hear me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, there, okay. One is um, is is the purely political one. Um, and that is not that okay. That's one aspect of. of Wait, translate. It's not fair to our listeners. Sorry. Yes. yes. If you can, if one you is basically the sh- he should be at the time that the Orachim is writing a military leader. Okay, but I'm going to add a military political leader, as you said, you know, going out and conquering the world. Okay. Um, the second aspect is that he is the spirit, he is the leader through which God, um, um, saves the Jewish people and enables them to be a functioning nation among the other nations. And that is something positive and powerful and important. Now, so what, what, what's the point? The point is that, that, that sovereignty is complicated. And there's, there are definitely aspects of kingship and sovereignty that are no longer relevant. I think we could also say that we all believe that we have found a system, as you're saying, I think it goes without saying that we believe that democracy um, is preferable to dictatorship in any of its forms. At the same time, I think that th- there's this meeting, one could, one, could, one could read the Orachim in a very simple way and say, the only way for the Jewish people to be a serious nation at the time was to have a king, Right. And therefore, God's like, I need you to be a nation. I need you not to be like a bunch of tribes running around. So Ho'il Hashem Lasot, this is from Shmuel. And Shmuel, Shmuel says to the people, you, you wanted it for a bad reason. I'm giving it to you for a good reason. You wanted it to be like all the other nations. And instead of God, I'm giving it to you for a good reason, because I want you to be a serious, sovereign nation. And the only way you could do that at the time is to have a king. But don't think that the king replaces me. The king is a conduit for me and my morals and my values and my messages, right? Now, you could you could say that very narrowly and say, okay, so that's only, th- that second p- 
positive thing, right, that second model of leadership, was only, you know, relevant to the time of the Tanakh. And I would say that I think there's more than that. I think there's, there, I, I, that's why I think that what Britain has today, which is actually their form of leadership as a constitutional monarchy, is not only not outmoded, but actually brings a lot of value to their system. I think that there's something very positive about having still today a monarch. So that was a kind of a long introduction, but I wanted to say that because that's where we completely disagree, right? Yeah, I don't understand. I just don't understand why. Okay, so let me let me explain why. Okay, so there. I don't are, know. Like I'm trying, I'm trying to like. Yeah, here really, we go. Just like. Here, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm taking so long. Here we go. So, no, no, it's good. It's good. If Johnny doesn't mind, John, where Johnny's keying Johnny's, up. Johnny's, there's a lot of books I'm that pile. The books so are piling up. You, Johnny like, is like you know. You take your time. Prepare. Oh really? I'm scared. I'm scared what Johnny's going to say. But okay. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So first of all, why do I think monarchy in general is positive? Okay. So so. I think that that monarchy holds a piece, uh, again, uh, uh, today, monarchy holds for the nation through which it serves. It serves the function of holding the tradition, the history, and the symbolism of that country. That's what the monarchy does, right? Meaning it symbolizes, um, you know what, I want to read you, let me see if I can find this easily, Queen Elizabeth's own words about this. Okay, this is what she said. Um, this is this she said in the in the nineteen, I think in the fifties when the Commonwealth was about like like when they were establishing the Commonwealth. Okay, this is what she said. It is possible for some. You know, I think this was her first Christmas broadcast. I'm not sure. It is possible for some of you to see me today as just another example of the speed at which things are changing all around us. Because of these changes, I'm not surprised that many people feel lost and unable to decide. Um, what to hold on to and what to discard, how to take advantage of the new life without losing the best of the old. This is in the 50s. But it is, not, it is not the new inventions which are the difficulty, but the trouble caused by unthinking people who carelessly throw away ageless ideals, ideals as if they were old and outworn. Oh, as, and the ageless ideal should be me and my wait, family living in the lap wait, of wait, wait. luxury, <laughs> representing all of you while we go ageless on our yachts and wear our wonderful... As if you know, they were old and outworn machinery. They would have thrown religion aside. Morality and personal and public life made meaningless. Honesty accounted as um, as foolishness. Wait, would you say morality and public life? Morality and honesty? Yes, morality. This is things people would okay, throw just, away in the modern era. I just want to write these down era. to make sure okay. to make sure that these are these are these are examples that are at, being portrayed yes, by the royal family. At this critical moment, wait in our history, we will certainly lose the trust and respect of the world if we just abandon abandon those fundamental principles which guided the men and women who build the greatness of this country and the Commonwealth. Um, period. Today, we need a special kind of courage, not the kind needed in battle, but a kind which makes us stand up for everything that we know is right. Everything that is true and honest, we need the kind of courage that can withstand the subtle corruption of the one second of the cynics. Okay, and I'll stop there because I don't have any more of. Molly, that was like a brilliant speech. Yes. Because in that speech, she has she and without saying it said, if you throw me away, you throw away the ideas of morality and honesty and history and tradition. Okay. That's what she said. That's what she. And they and they bought it hook, line, and sinker. Yes, and I and very rightly so. Because England has a great and glorious history, which did not start in the post. This goes back to the, your question before about you know, did not start. It imperial started with the, age. Imperial. It started with the Magna Carta, right? In when what fifty? I memorized this. I had to memorize in high school, in elementary school, fifteen ninety two in the Runnymede Meadow. I forgot, right? Which was the first time that Britain decided to give its people a certain amount of rights and to limit the the. Um, the monarchy that was probably the beginnings of the first idea, right? The first seeds of of well, modern listen democracy. Listen to yourself. You're saying Wait. the beginnings. Wait. England, the, the Wait. best part of England Wait. was One when second. they took what away I'm the monarchy. What I'm saying is that Britain ha- is has a long and glorious history of which they have a lot to be proud of. Absolutely. Of which, I don't know if I added that extra. Uh, absolutely. Okay. The monarchy holds the weight of all of that symbolism for the people. That's what it does. Okay, I want to say something else in general about monarchy. Okay, I believe this very deeply. I believe that the concept of monarchy, the con- the pageantry of it, even the subservience to it on some level, the fact that it holds this fascination. And again, I'm speaking on the level of symbolism. I'm not speaking on the level of reality, right? Like, like 
Elizabeth herself said, it's, it's not me. It's, I am the crown. Philip said, Philip said, you, you were like, oh, the gossip and the, of course that's there. And I, I believe that somebody I was in a conversation with this week said this is something very wise. He said, Americans don't get it because they just see the monarchs as celebrities. And for the British and for the members of the Commonwealth, the, 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 um, the monarchy and the royal family is, is they're not celebrities. They are, um, they, I, I, they are royalty. And that's something completely different. It's, again, it holds a symbolic meaning. So there's, and again, so what is that? So in general, I think, again, the pageantry, the history, the glory, um, all of that is held by the royal family. One second. And, yeah, one more second. I just want to flesh this out this out i think that human beings have a desire to kind of see the best of themselves um individually and collectively kind of um played out for themselves in something that they can actually see and i think that that's what monarchy is supposed to do that's what it's supposed to do if ruby's head is exploding um now I, why in the, the world do you think these people in this institution is the best of themselves? Because they're the richest? They're not. No, because no, they're the most exalted? No. Because they have no, the most no. epaulets on their jackets? No, because again, they are not themselves. They represent the country and the people they serve. Now, you said you don't want to talk about the hist- you know, England itself. And again, Johnny can probably give us more. But again, they, the royal family does a lot. They do a lot. Besides just being England, symbolizing England, um, Symbolizing the idea of of this unity of all of the Commonwealth nations, right? That 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 are not actually part of Europe, right? They're part of the Commonwealth. Scotland has decided, by the way, to stay in the United Kingdom and not uh, to go. Wait two years. Just wait may, two years. May, oh, yeah, but again, they stand for everything that Britain is proud of. Um, the, the Queen, again, you don't want to talk about things that she's done, but she she was always a symbol of. Um, all of the best of British values, let's say it that way, right? And again, I've heard people say things like, I know the family's not perfect, and I know that I'm kind of like kidding myself when I look past the image and I, you know, pretend that they like stand for the rest of us. We all know that they're actually also humans and there's a lot of gossip and dirt and that's stuff that actually, as you said, interests a lot of people. But she said, but that's not what they are for me. For me, they are the symbol. And you see that in the... In the way, first of all, I, I as you can tell, have um, very, um, I believe in this because I believe that, the, that, that holding on to endure, enduring tradi- traditions is really important. So I've been watching everything and it's really moving. It's moving to watch. Um, they've been proclaiming K- K- Charles King all over, you know, everywhere in, in, in Ireland and in Scotland and in, in London and to watch different cultures right i'm like oh look in wales they do it with a goat because apparently that's like part of their whatever and in scotland they're doing it with bagpipes and charles is wearing his kilt and the idea i I believe very deeply in the idea of patriotism and nationalism in its healthiest sense which means that each um, nation honors its own culture and therefore feels connected to each other which and, and connection is vital for creating healthy societies so you you all feel connected to each other and then you also feel part of something greater than you and i think and you and you can recall and i think this is what elizabeth was saying you can recall all the values that you're supposed to stand for and if you destroy all that i think you're on dangerous grounds i want to just say one more thing okay okay sorry two more things i promise and then i'm going to pass it over no i gotta turn it to johnny because he's been waiting patiently and we'll come back to you well no we'll come back okay okay, i'll just give a little teaser i want to actually make an argument for why having a sovereign is actually advantageous so you're saying we should appoint a king we we, we, we should think about what it is that a king does that actually is healthier than what America does, and maybe even what Israel does, for two reasons. We'll come back to you. Yes. Johnny, it's really entertaining that two American Israelis are debating the British monarchy, while you, in, as Molly noted, your British, um, um, I don't even know how to say it, British, British, Britishness, British? right, have been sitting patiently, quietly, jotting down notes. Now, now, now what do you think? I mean, am I, am I not... Is Molly Nuts? Is it somewhere in the middle? Do you understand? I'll ask it this way. I obviously, uh, my sense is that you disagree with me. 
But my question is, do you understand where I'm coming from? Can you appreciate why I find the idea of a monarchy today to be um, antithetical to the values that I think are important? No, but let me take a step back as well. Sure. Because the question isn't about a monarchy today, because a prompt of this conversation is about a monarch who has reigned for 70 years. So the conversation really isn't so much about monarchy today. It's about reflecting on monarchy after the second longest reigning monarch in history. And how are we evaluating monarchy in light of that? And the very fact that there's been such an outpouring of grief and love after those 70 years of reign tells us something about how some monarchs can make a significant difference, although certainly you're entirely correct. There can be plenty of occasions where some monarchs can really be a very poor example to society. So if we talk about the fiction of is it possible to have a bad king or bad queen, of course. But the reason we're talking today is because uh, our queen has died, and actually there is a lot to say about it. So let me just briefly say uh, four or five things. I'll try and be brief. Um, and then we can talk about the wider question, obviously, which is, uh, does monarchy work for all systems and should every person be a monarch? And our answer is no and no. And that uh, is a short answer to a fairly blunt question. But should every country Quite have no a monarch? Is that, that what you mean? Uh, that, uh, well, no, it's irrelevant because uh, what am I going to do? Well, Mali wants I'm to appoint a king, a king of Israel. No, I want to I mean, explain what, okay, what okay, function the, the, the Okay, anyway, go ahead. Says. Yeah, yeah. So just as a quick uh, FAQ or you know, random fact, I don't know if I've mentioned to you, I actually proposed to my wife outside Buckingham Palace, right? And you think, like, why? I mean, I'm not really that quite so corny. Or maybe I was, and I've just grown up. But because it represents something, because the queen represents something, because when I said to my wife, will you be my queen, it meant something. Being a queen uh, is representative not just of being honored, but also of honoring others. Uh, and there's something really quite exquisite about that. And I mentioned that's point number one, meaning as a British person, the Queen's face wasn't just on the coins and the notes I had in my wallet. I'm a Jewish educator, so I didn't have many. But nevertheless, you know, on the stamps we uh, used, but she was a presence. Uh, and she was a presence, of course, not just for me, but for my parents, for my grandparents. And I'll come back to that in a second. Point number two, we can debate uh, Tanakh all we can, and we well know what the different Rishonim and Acharonim say about the Parashat HaMelech. But I'm a strong believer that one of the best ways to measure what Judaism thinks is uh, the Siddur, actually. The Siddur is an important lesson in uh, evaluating things good and bad. And there's a bracha on seeing a non-Jewish king. And if there's a bracha, which means Chazal strongly believe that one may invoke the name of God on seeing a non-Jewish king, it means there's something worthwhile doing so. Now, there are debates, uh, and uh, for example, Rabbi Malamad brings down these debates as to whether that bracha truly applies today in a democratic country. And although he kind of sides to suggest that maybe that's not the case, he certainly notes, in terms of Queen Elizabeth, that it would cer certainly be uh, justified for those who wish to, to say the bracha, and why, and I'm going to quote his words, because, because her honor is very great because we have, we, she is viewed with esteem. And he goes on to say, because she's had a long, long reign. Meaning, when we think of the queen, we say, this is somebody who honors others and who is honored. This is somebody who isn't just a passing fad, a five-minute you know, person seeking fame. This is somebody who represents both a, an office and a station, who represents a country and a monarchy. This is somebody who it's appropriate to invoke the name of God when thinking of them. And that alone, I think, is a very substantive statement. And again, you don't need to go further. It's in Shochnach. But it's totally and, Johnny's uh, subjective. He says it about her. He didn't say it. He said it's totally subjective. You could say that about a lot of people. And you, you should say that about a lot of people. One second. I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm going to make a few queen. more points. But Not as queen. When, when you ask about is monarchy good or bad, if... if we have the halacha, a bracha to say on a monarch, and that bracha is generally considered to be a positive one. That is part of my response to you. Does it apply to all people? Could there be a terrible uh, leader? Okay, but but the point is that's, that wasn't Chazal, the case. My here. response to you would be: Chazal lived in a time where kings had great power, and they were the, the, the impetus for the bracha 
wasn't that they opened up shopping centers and that they went and gave invocations. It was shechilak kvodo, shonatan mikvodo, the basar badam, that God, that, that these people are people you have to be afraid of. And you have to honor it. Correct, and, and which, is, which is why, and I, I made it very, very clear. Rabbi Malamud makes that point. In fact, he seems to veer towards that point. Notwithstanding that, he, he so does my, say... My response to you about the bracha, I second, think, is he not, does, is, he it does, can be taken either way. That may be the case, but he does say, and I think rightly so, if you, one were to consider the justification of saying a bracha, of all the monarchs that we know of, she would be one for whom it would be fitting. I would disagree. I, th- I would rather think you should say the bracha on Lo Aleinu, on, you know, on, on, you, you could, on, on, a, on, a, on, on, Pu- on Putin, because that's a guy you, you better disagree. be afraid of. So, so you can disagree, and I'll simply fear. quote, meaning we can have this conversation about whether this bracha is or is relevant. What we can say is there is such a bracha. What we can say is that it refer- refers to a sense of honor. We can say is there are certainly many who have believed that that bracha relates to her, and I know many people have said that bracha in her presence. That's point number two. Point number three. We speak of monarchy, uh, and, and you talked about an antiquated system. The truth is that's exactly what the queen responded to. The queen was a monarch of change. The, the monarchy that we see today is radically different to the monarchy that she adopted uh, 70 years ago. And what she demonstrated is that it's possible to adapt a monarchy, to respond to the needs of the time. You know what people mostly don't see? People obviously like the cameras and the clothes, and you talked about all those things that tabloids will discuss. The Queen met with every Prime Minister every week to discuss policy. She didn't tell them what to do because she wasn't somebody with power, but she certainly had wisdom and influence. That Not one of those meetings were televised, but notwithstanding that, this is a Queen who was able to adapt and shape an institution to meet, to some measure, wait, the wait, needs wait. of her time. Johnny, if you had a choice and you said, I could decide... The prime minister of yes. the country has to meet with somebody every single week. I don't, you, you could decide who that person was. Would you pick the person who happened to be the child of the queen? Would you pick Charles and say, oh, I, you know. We're I, not discussing I, Charles right now. No, but that's my point. Would you, or his son? Meaning, if you, you say, oh, she met with the prime minister. She didn't meet the prime minister because she happened to be a wise person. She no, but the again, she Because she was the queen. She be, but that, that represents uh, I, I, a constancy, meaning... She represents something else. Prime ministers come and go. Royalty stays, and Johnny's right, it has to earn its keep in today's day and age. But the reason that she meets with them is to balance what she stands for versus what politics stands for. She's not just above politics, she stands for something different than politics. Do you understand what I'm saying? Beautiful. That's very beautifully put. The, the The point isn't you know, could you pick any person? What I do know is the following. We have a tradition. We have a Jewish tradition that with age, with age come with, comes wisdom. Somebody who's 96 years old, who's seen the world, who's met 15 British prime ministers, 14 American presidents, right? Who has met seven popes, who, has, uh, who speaks m- m- multiple languages, who's a person of faith. Do I think that person is likely to have more wisdom than somebody who lives on the Twitter sphere. Well, oh, I agree, oh, yeah. but Johnny, that's uh, totally oh, yeah, not I the do. point. I agree with all of that. No, one but second. she just you're, you're happened quir- to have lived queer- 70 years. You know, it's, oh, it's, that, it's, it's like... Plus, she lived 96 years. What? She lived 96, 96 years. Part of the reason she is who she is is because she's in the role that she's in, and that and challenges that's her... That's not what he said. That's not what he said. He said she's met all these people and she's done all these things. That's Through that. Through that, Nechon. Okay, but now. One second. So I, I mentioned the proposal. It's cute. I mentioned the brach. Which By the way, just cute. for that, it was worth having this topic to know to hear that cute story about you and your wife. That was uh, right. Was no, number three, I've mentioned how how she not just oversaw, she was able to shift a monarchy which perhaps could have well been out of step. And don't forget, mm-hmm. one of the reasons, and this was mentioned in a talk in the House of Lords, she became the queen because uh, her uncle abdicated. And her comment, and I'm going to come to this, is I'm not somebody who advocates. I'm somebody who understands service, duty, loyalty, shlichus. And, and when we talk about shlichus, unfortunately, oftentimes it's only people of Chabad who really understand. That means from when you start till right till the end. And she was a model in a time, where, in our throwaway age, when she understood and modeled 
service duty loyalty and shlichus. But I want to say something further, which is I'm again, sorry, except when the rules, her, except when, except when your son gets divorced and you are looking the other you're way, not right, Ruby. because say, what here's That's the deal: the, the rules only. I'm talking I, about I uphold her. all the rules except for when I when I have to like give in. When does she give in? That's exactly not true. And this, I, I'd love to say this to correct all the people who watch the Crown and didn't understand the reason she didn't tell Margaret. First of all, this if it were true. <laughs> If it were true, it would... The crowd is like the best example of why the monarchy... No, I'm not bringing a riot from the crown. But everybody's like, oh, she's so mean. She told Margaret that she couldn't marry her beloved because he was divorced. That's not what she said to her. She said, you can marry him, but if you do, you give up your royal privileges. And it was Margaret's decision, right? Meaning she... It's not true that she bends the rules. Andrew, who is... And Charles? Charles Charles was told by Queen Elizabeth, Charles and Diana were told, it's time for you to get a divorce. Because you cannot make this work. This is, I mean, this part is, you know, not officially written down. The other stuff you can look at. Um, the very fact that we're but, talking about this is no, like, you're right. But, it's, exactly but what it demonstrates Wait, is that she thing, spent I... her whole life trying to figure out how to balance her role in service with all of these tensions. And you're not right that she made decisions based on what was most comfortable for her. She took her, most, her, her favorite son is Andrew. She stripped him of his titles. Okay, he gone. He's not. He's not wearing a military uniform to the funeral okay. at this point because he he has been okay. disgraced in the eyes of the people. Okay, Ma- Molly, let me, let me just finish. Okay. I'm let sorry. Finish those might be true, but Molly, so the, the, the deeper you go, the more one you second, just prove to like no. It just is that's just uh, I, I, it's okay. What? Keep going. Let's I'm losing let's, my dignity let's go, way too quickly. I cannot Bethesda. be queen. Bethesda. I've spoken about the bracha of monarchy. I've also spoken about being able to oversee a monarchy of change. I've mentioned, and I'll come back to the service, duty, loyalty, and mm-hmm. What I also want to say is something which, truth be told, I don't think uh, so many Americans understand. And I say that with the greatest of affection. Because America has something Britain used to have and stopped having. It's called a story. And I say it to your credit. Trust me, Rabbi Sachs speaks about it the whole time. America is a story. America has a story. Britain had a story, but it lost its story. So what's a remnant of our story? Well, John, it's interesting that you say that. It's just as an what? aside. Let me no, no, let me finish. As an aside, one of the things that's plaguing America is it's it, is that it's struggling with its. Story. I'm well aware. So yeah. so you you be in fifty years time and you'll start telling me like what what people grab at when they they're losing their story. Right now, what we had in the in the fifties is we had a country for a whole bunch of reasons, shifting, experiencing change. Uh, you know, losing its religion. Don't forget, England technically is a Christian country, which is certainly not Christian. America technically has a separation of religion and state. Uh, the and king is the head of the, the church. Time. The king is the, the is the head of the church. I'm well right. aware, but the fact is, a church has n- has no place in in British society anymore. When I grew up, it did, and and trust me, even the chief rabbis were disappointed about how how it disappeared. But nevertheless, in terms of the queen, she she reigned for seventy years, and. Why do I talk about story? Because story, by the way, has an impact on morale. Mm-hmm. So I'll just briefly mention both my maternal uh, grandparents. My grandfather served in the British Army. My grandmother uh, you know, worked in a bomb factory in Luton you know, during the Second World War because everyone did their bit. When you, if you're an American, you have your flag and you have your story and you have your constitution, and that's enough in terms of bolstering morale. If you're Britain, right? And by the way, especially if you're a Jew in Britain. So... That what do you turn to? What is your story? The truth is, you are Her Majesty's armed forces. You are serving, you know, the country and the king, or the country and the queen. The royal family is about a story, and it's about morale. Again, are things changing now? Of course, they're changing, and of course, uh, K- King Charles is not the same as his mother. And and uh, I, I recognize that. And anybody who uh, doesn't think the same is simply naive. But in terms of what the queen was and is. If you ask the generation who fought through the war, like my grandparents and others, she was a symbol. She was a representative of values, of that steadfast absolutism. She was part of and really representative of the British story. And she's continued. And with her passing, one of the few remnants of that morale, of that grittiness which the British people did have in certain parts has gone away and that itself is sad so, and lastly going back to the points this idea that when you're given a task you say I'll do it till my dying day 
and you do it. And she's, you know, she appointed the last prime minister two days before she died. She's, she's there on walking sticks, 96. I mean, who would, who would ask a 96-year-old person to, walk, to work? She said, that was my duty. That's remarkable. You know, when you just think about it, 96, a person who's weak, right, and she's still doing it because for her, if she can, she should. That alone should be a profound lesson in what it means to be a servant leader. And that's what she was. Okay. Thank you very much. I have not been convinced. I would like to respond briefly. (laughs) No, we're not done yet. We're going to come back right after this short break. Today, many Jewish families don't send their children to private Jewish day school. Some parents homeschool, others don't live near a school, and others simply cannot afford full-time Jewish day school. Each of these families needs a solution that offers their children serious Jewish learning. Kita can help. Kita is serious online Torah learning at an affordable price. With Kita, middle school aged children receive up to four online lessons each week and also participate in weekly Zooms with other kids from around the world. For the coming school year, Kita offers two plans. In the Chumash and Navi plan, students will receive two self-guided lessons in Chumash Shmot and Navi Shmuel Aleph, and then participate in a weekly Zoom. In the Mishnah and Gemara plan, students will receive two self-guided lessons in Mishnah Brachot and Gemara Elu Metziot, and then participate in a weekly Zoom. Registration is now open for the fall of 2022, which begins on August 29th. Is your family new to Kita? You can register for a two-week trial at no cost. To learn more about how Kita can help your children grow and thrive in Jewish learning, visit kita.org. That's K-I-T-A-H dot O-R-G. Okay, that was a short break. Now we're back. So I, first of all, Johnny, I want to respond to two of the things you said. The, the last two things you said are the idea of the story that the queen, you know, connected the people to something that was larger than them. And she reminded them of, you know, I don't know, you guys know, I mentioned this to you. I, I'm infatuated with British history, with Winston Churchill. Molly, like you, the, the most ire you raised out of me was when you implied that that she was on a level with Winston Churchill. I did not say I that. Know. I said she was much right. more like Winston Churchill than she is like a Kardashian. Oh, my God. Anyway, I didn't say she, but anyway, like, I, I truly if believe... If I even said that, you felt you needed to say that. I, I truly believe that Churchill saved the free world. I mean, it's, it's obvious I, I, that he did that. Okay. okay. Anyway, it's like, do you agree with me about that, right? Yeah, the ch- yes. Churchill. Okay, Go anyway. Churchill. Go Churchill. And, that, and I agree with you that she probably, she was a link to that time, to that time of... Like, uh, like the British, um, incredible grit and incredible steadfastness and upper lip and withstanding the onslaught of the Nazis. And that, that, like you said, that connected them. She connected them to the story, 100%. She was a woman of service. She was a woman of dedication. Like, you know, and I acknowledge all of those things. But you guys ignored the first sentence I said when I brought up this question. I said, it is not about this woman. It is not about her. It rather, was that, was that like a little... That's like a, me like having to hold back my response. Oh, uh, you can do it. It's not about her. It's really, I'm not asking that. I'm asking, that's wonderful and, and great and, you know, minhagim and traditions. But I, I'm going to say my whole full question, okay? It's not about her. It's about the idea of having a monarchy for two reasons. First of all, and let's say you want a monarchy. Like you want a representative. Like so Israel has a president who has no power. I mean, none. But like pretty much, like very pretty often, like almost always, it's a person who who's able to you know go between the parties and try to try to encourage us morally and and, you know really does reach out and represent us around the world and like you know and they do a good job you know I really think they do a pretty good job of doing that that and it's great that there's somebody like that who's above the fray who can who can represent the people and I think that's wonderful, but I like the fact that we pick somebody that we choose. Meaning, like, if I'm going to have that, I want that person to be somebody that, A, if I don't like him, either we can fire him. If he does something obscene, we can get rid of him or her, right? And, if, you know, and they switch every now and then. Who says by the fact that Bushi Herzog is, is the president today that his son should be the president in another 40 or 50 years? That's number one. That's one question. The idea of heredity today, you know, to me, it's so fascinating because the people that are, you know, like, 
like this idea that you're born into something, it, it's, it doesn't make any sense at all. That's number one. It sounds like kahuna, right? I mean, you go to shul, yeah? I'm a lady. Uh, okay. But so you, kahuna you want... is a, okay, fair, fair point, but that's a larger discussion to be discussed. Well, it's the same discussion. How be born into it. You're Jewish. You heard of Kuna? Like, you can't pick and choose. You can't say hereditary things are bad apart from for individuals, you do Jewish checks. For individuals. Oh my gosh, your job for Tsar is to check that somebody's parent is Jewish. You're equating, you're equating the rights of an individual. I'm no, not, but Johnny is saying the power point. of Kahuna is in symbolism, right? They bless wait, 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 no, the no, people. That's not what he's saying. That is I what he's saying. He's saying that's the power of Kahuna and the power number of the Levium is it, it, that they number are two. This that is that symbolic. It's not about I, the individual. You know, I'm a Levy. I watch no, the service. It's a service that they have to figure out how to aspire to. It's a service that they do. Whatever. Okay, number two. And when they, this is a point <laughs> that I've been thinking about for a while, which is the idea we're about to enter into Yamim no Raim, the days of all. Oh, good. I'm so excited. That's your point. Okay. The liveliest discussion we've ever had. We've discussed abuse. We've discussed, you know, things in our community. And this one has no meaning for any of us, but we're all like really into it. It's so I think it has so much no meaning. meaning. <laughs> and no personal meaning. I mean, so no, like, much personal meaning. Okay. Anyhow, okay. We are in the Yamim no Raim. And the, one the of proposal, the pri- come on. One of the primary, yeah, that meaning for Johnny, that's true. One of the primary themes of the Yamim no Raim is the, the, the concept of Malchut. Yes, it Hashem, is. Hashem, Wait, wait, wait. What is malchut? Malchut is a sense of awe and subservience to the all-powerful king. We anoint God as king because we acknowledge that we are, complete, we are nothing in his presence, that, he, that our lives are completely dependent upon him. Our lives are totally connected to him and without which have no meaning whatsoever. Malchut inherently means power. It means strength. And that's something that we, we, we acknowledge. And that's why on, in that Sarah Timei Tshuva, if you refer to God in any other way, right, you're not Mekayim Tfila? No, because Hashem during this time is the Melech. And instead, now what do we have? What's the Malchut we have? Malchut is service. The king serves at our pleasure. The king is there to make us feel good. He's there to represent us, which is the entire opposite of what a Melech is supposed to be. To me, if you want to have a Melech, the Melech represents the idea of Malchut, is the idea of God's representative on earth to wield power for goodness or not goodness. That was the concept of Malchut. And that's why we refer to God as a Melech. Do you think the, did the queen bow to say, people when oh, they came in front of her? Or did they bow to her? What's what that? When people came to the queen, did she bow to them or did they bow to her? They bowed to her, but it's all symbolism. It's all meaningless. She had no power over them. They did it because it was like the Mali said, Minhug. It was like because it was a nice thing to do. Do you know that her yeah, husband right. walked behind her every, it's a bit every between single the place two. they went? It's not nonsense and not everything. Yeah. Her, wife, his, her, her, her husband stu- to, had to stand behind her every single place they went. Because she that must have been me. interesting. Anyway, but th- my okay. point is that you've <laughs> taken Malchut and turned it upside down. No. And okay. th- to me, that's, that's the opposite of what a Melech should represent, which I don't want to have anyway. Okay. Can I I don't feel shmeisted about it. Okay, fine. I, I, okay. I have so, <laughs> I'm so for budget, which is clearly why I can't be a queen. Um, or a princess, because <laughs> I can't keep my cool. That's my problem. But I, I want to go to your... Uh, let's start with that last thing you said about kingship. So so I still remember, meaning... Okay. There was a... Somebody put a Facebook post about the Amim Noraim, and they were talking about um, the way we refer to God. And, and we are his slaves, and he is our king, and we are his child, and he is our father. And they're like, I relate to all of them, but like... I don't relate to God so much as a king. I prefer... Right, because we live in a time where you're not so serving to anyone. Exactly. I I would prefer if we could change king to like coach, like on a basketball team. And I was like horrified. I was like, Ribono Shalom. No, Hashem is not your coach. He is your king. You are not his, you know, like little... You're so good. Everybody gets an award. You are his servant or his slave perhaps even although you can discuss what that means right because we have our free choice to enter into contract with god but the but the point is that there is something about god's sovereignty that we should be taking really seriously that's what you're saying right God, Absolutely. Uh, okay. Sovereignty, Sovereignty. But power. Not, one not, second, one not, second. not opening shopping malls. Well, they and they not don't open, she, she doesn't open shopping malls. Stop saying that she opens she, opening shopping malls. Okay, I have to calm down. Just, what is the wave? I, what is that? Okay. Can't you wave like a One second. Person? Let me just finish what I'm saying, okay? That's one of the reasons why I think it's valuable to still have monarchy. 
because we live in an age where we're reaching a point where people can say, God is my life coach. God is not your life coach. God is a king. And you should remember what a king is. And if you want to see what a king is or a queen, then take a look at this and take a look at how she's treated and take a look at all of the symbolism. It's true that she doesn't have, you are thinking of power in terms of brute strength. The queen's power, if she uses it properly, is not in brute strength, it's in leadership. And her leadership is a leadership of service. Um, and I think that that's really important also because you were like... By the way, the you, queen, that's something she totally made up, by the way. That she is totally not made it up. true. It's, it's, I, don't, I don't think you're correct at all. The, the king... She, that's all she said. That's what's her Christmas speech you quoted. All I can do is serve. No, Her father didn't believe that. Of course and he did. And her grandfather for first sure all, didn't her, believe you, that. Are, are you, first of all, okay. I read the king's speech. I know. Okay. The king's speech was awesome. But, <laughs> but okay. But, but my point is, first of all, I think that kings always, they, they are, they... They symbolize, that's the point. God is the real king, and the human king is God's servant and also the servant of the people. That's certainly the Jewish conception of monarchy. God is my king, right? And, and, um, and I am his servant, and also I'm the link between, the, between God and the people, and I'm God's servant and the people's servant. Now, in terms of, um, you know, your, your attitude was like, oh, like, you know, it's just hereditary. And first of all, I think it's actually fascinating that the, the monarchy only succeeds if the kings and queens earn it. And you can roll your eyes, but it's really true, right? There's a reason why um, Elizabeth's father became king and not Edward slash David, who had to abdicate, who if he had been on the throne, it would have been a disaster for England, right? Because he, Historically, we know he was a terrible person. If it would Charles, have been terrible, but they would have been subservient and they would have been powerless to remove him because he was the king. That's, that's exactly my point. Okay, you're, you're that's right. That's exactly my point. But I think so your point one saying, second. No, your no, point no, saying no. only because he was a good person no, is exactly the no, opposite. I'm saying. He was a slime ball and a Nazi correct, and he loved Hitler. Correct. And he would have been the king and, of England and if he didn't want to get divorced. Thank, oh my God! Thank, thank God that he thank was a Thank God! Slime ball. But what I'm saying is, I, and I think you're right. That's why, right? But but we have that in the Tanakh <laughs> also. You want, you want the no. king? What happens? hundred percent, right? That's why Hashem keeps saying, "You follow my rules. If you write David, lineage of David. If you follow my ways, good. If you don't, goodbye." But why do we still hold on to? You know, we still daven for hey, Karen not David goodbye. Right, we still David. we yeah. still die. But again, we weren't going to get into this debate because right, the right? ideal is the ideal is a king who follows, who does, who sees themselves not as the absolute ruler, but who sees themselves sees themselves as the embodiment of um, God's trying their best to live out God's mission to take care of His people and to live according to God's laws, including the laws of morality. That is the role of the king. That's that's their whole role. And if they don't do it well, they're going to mess up. And probably if they don't do it well, I think I think um, Johnny's correct. I think everybody knows that Charles is not, um, you know, is not Elizabeth. Let's see if he can, if he can rise to the occasion, and if he can embody the values that people need him to embody in order for the monarchy to survive. Because consciously or unconsciously, everybody knows that's what the monarchy really stands for. And if it does devolve into gossip and petty fighting. It's not going to survive in today's world. If it maintains its symbolism of what it's meant to symbolize, which, as Johnny said, is the morale and the service and the duty. By the way, there's a very nice story about um, they wanted to evacuate uh, during the World War II. They wanted to evacuate the kids. And you know what the queen mother said? She said, my kids don't leave without me. I don't leave without my husband. And my husband is never leaving the people. So we're not going anywhere. Right. So service is is very deeply ingrained in in the ethos of 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 the royal family but okay um i just i, I love that because i love johnny's schlichus thing i just want to give you guy because i said that would before some two positives about monarchy okay that you had mentioned yeah i'm gonna say it very quickly one is when you have one leader okay that puts too much pressure on that one leader okay this is from something that um i just watched um ruby as you know i watched they asked jordan peterson how he felt about losing elizabeth and he said that he was in a room when trump donald trump walked into a room and he said the energy in that room was, it was outrageous. It was ridiculous. It was obviously, it was a pro-Trump event. And he was like, it's, it's not healthy for one person to have that much adulation. It's not healthy for there to be 
just one person at the head of a country. It's too much and it and it it, it, it it's distorted. And so having also a person to hold some somebody to hold the politics and somebody to hold the symbolism breaks that up and and it, it's much healthier for the country, for the political future of the country, which I thought was interesting. And then another thing that I thought was interesting when you talked about heredity, heredity okay, this, this is Douglas Murray, I'm giving everybody credit, who's, you know, because I've been listening to a lot of stuff, because I really find this fascinating. So, so um, you know, the argument, oh, but it's all heredity, hereditary. So Douglas Murray kind of tongue-in-cheek said, oh, as opposed to you guys in America? And the guy's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you've either had a, like a Clinton or a, a Bush in charge of your country for the past 50 years. And his point was not to down democracy. But his point, which was quite interesting and worth thinking about, was, and then somebody had put a tongue-in-cheek line when somebody said, oh, well, we have um, presidents. And somebody said, oh, you mean like that's the one? That's a silly argument. Let me explain Marlene, the sorry. argument. That's let me, a very silly let me argument. explain the argument. Let me explain the argument. Um, you know, like he said, also the, the Israeli presidents. It's like, you know, Buji, son of Yitzhak, and, uh, you know, Ruby, son of his father. There's, there's some, okay, so what was Douglas Murray's point? I agree with you. I it's, it's not just about that. Obviously, there's name recognition, and there's money, and there's a million reasons why um, it's been, you know, and why there are And ultimately, it is the choice of However, the people, and it isn't automatic course, by birth. Of course, of course, and I'm not doubting that, and, of, and nobody doubts that that's not important, and obviously, even England thinks that that's important, because they also moved to a um, democratic um you know, republic or whatever it's called, you know, you know, sorry if I'm getting the phrase wrong. But the point is that people are fascinated by heredity. They're fascinated by lineage, right? They just are. They're always curious about family and the children and the sons and what are they going to be like. And so a royal family gives a valve for that, that, that otherwise gets expressed in all kinds of wonky ways if oh you don't God. You mamish that. gave, you mamish came back to the very beginning where I started. You basically said, what are they good for? People like to gossip about no, them. No, it's not about... They like to talk no, about them. They're they fascinated with like this to family. Gossip about them. Like the Kennedys. Correct. Like, like the, the Kennedys. Clintons. Correct. Exactly. Correct. That's what we need Correct. in the world. No, anyway, I would have exists. to give it to Johnny because okay. we have to but finish. I just say, We're on I think, a clock. Yes, yes, yes. But I just think it's a great disservice to say that all they do is open shopping malls because, and I'll just like tell people that if they're interested, look into what it is, how hard the royal family works, what it is that they do. Um, look up especially... Um, Anne, because that woman works more than I think. Probably she's the hardest working woman in England, and uh, it's not it's not just cutting ribbons and opening shopping malls. And now we will let Johnny finish, as always. Johnny, as our resident subject of, of the new king, things. will you please uh, uh, take us out with your words of wisdom? No pressure. <laughs> what I can say about the new king is, and this is reflected in the beautiful uh, testimonial. He recorded uh, after Rabbi Sachs died. In fact, his presence at Rabbi Sachs's um, retirement dinner. Just, just think about this. The current king of England was on close first name terms with the chief rabbi. They used to joke they were born in the same year, 1948. He has a profound regard for Judaism and for the Jewish people. He's somebody whose life, his ups and downs, have been very transparent in the British press. That's gone throughout my life. But notwithstanding that, while admittedly, I think him taking over the job, um, age 73, his mother, uh, you know, finishing the position, age 96, is a whole different story. I can only wish him well. The British people, uh, you know, are pr proclaiming God save the king. The Jewish community in the UK, every Shabbat, recite a prayer to the royal family. And from last Shabbat onwards, they're reciting a prayer for the welfare of the king and that he should basically be a voice of reason in, I'd say, a crazy world. I think Charles is an intelligent person who has been very clear that he cares a lot about the world, about society, about the environment. He's a person of faith. He's a person who respects our faith. And I wish him much success as he begins the arduous task of trying to be a leader after an impossible act to follow. Okay, we'll stop it here because we're, we're really way over time. Thanks, Johnny, for staying with us. You can find us on Facebook, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your pods. If you have questions or comments with this heated, about this heated discussion, uh, we'll all post on Facebook. And you can, uh, you know, you can find us and schmice me if you want. I can take it. I have not been convinced. Uh, you know, it's a fascinating discussion, which I appreciate. And I always you came enjoy. so open-minded to the conversation, by the way. I, Sorry, did I say that out loud? Sorry. <laughs>
I am open-minded to arguments that I find convincing. <laughs> That's all. I think I that was the harshest Johnny has ever been on any oh podcast. Gosh. Oh, I, I get you, oh, I got schmeisted. Anyway, I want to thank uh, Molly and Johnny for this enlightening discussion. I want to thank uh, my uh, my uh, Salman Patacha for making our music. Bezat Hashem, are we okay? I, I'd like to actually discuss uh, some pre-Rosh Hashanah stuff and maybe Prismal next week and give me a little preview. Johnny, there is what to talk about. And uh, Bezat Hashem, everyone should have a great week and we'll see you next week. Bye now.